Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows. All of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode number 15, is called, Your Identity Remains Unchanged. I told you when I started this podcast that I would tell you a little bit about me along, and I have a little bit. One of the primary hats that I wear is as a pastor. Obviously, we're all living through this COVID-19 time right now, and things have been rough for all of us. Things have been particularly rough for some. Things have not been unexciting in churches. We have had to learn how to do some remote services. We have gotten a lot bigger involved in video kinds of ministry. I never thought I'd be a televangelist, but wow, pretty darn close at this point. We're doing well. You know, for a while there, every week it seemed to change. And then about the time we'd get used to two or three weeks that were sort of the same, then it changed again. And so here we go. We've been doing okay. We really have. We're learning how to handle things better. I say that. I managed to record an entire service on Facebook Live last week with the camera turned sideways. That was interesting. So I guess you could say the service went sideways. It really went pretty well, the service, but it was sideways. And I got online later and learned what I'd done, and I'll try not to make that same mistake again. This week, we're going to start some of our midweek activities back, our midweek service, and it'll be good to be with each other for that. The cases in our part of the country are going down, and I'm so thankful for that. And so we'll be trying that. I hope things are going well where you are, and I hope that your church family is doing well, even in the midst of all of this challenge. I know a lot of churches have surely had to get creative during this time, but we're going to be okay. The Lord's going to get us through this. Another of the hats that I've told you that I wear, and it is one that I absolutely love, is as a grandfather. Papa, in my case, is what I was christened. I learned early on, and it kind of surprised me, that each of my grandchildren was born with GPS. He or she came equipped with GPS. It is a grandpa positioning system. And all they have to do is look in my direction or raise a little finger in my direction or somehow just uh, bat their eyelashes at me, do something to indicate they want me, and I will be positioned immediately. I love that. A GPS, a grandpa positioning system. Boy, I love those folks. They tell you that grandkids are just beyond amazing, that there's no way for any grandparent to tell a potential grandparent what it will be like and how wonderful it will be. And you just think before you're a grandparent, they're all crazy and it's hyperbole and they're exaggerating. No, they're not. It's more incredible and more wonderful than you can ever begin to imagine. It is a beautiful gift from God, and what a blessing. Well, a number of years ago now, I was playing with one of the first of the grandkids, a sweet little girl. We were playing together, and we had played together a lot. We had made Bug Killer together, which was muddy water in an orange Halloween kind of bucket stirred around with leaves and sticks and that kind of stuff. We've been playing out in the Magic Fairy Princess Castle, which is the shed slash greenhouse that I built in the backyard, but it mostly is the Magic Fairy Princess Castle. 
And it also now has been broadened to accommodate elf princes just fine. We have a great time out there. We were playing. We were having a big time. We were looking at neat rocks. We were finding bugs. We were doing the kinds of stuff that grandfathers do with their grandchildren. We just were glowing with the joy and the fun of it all. And I told my little granddaughter, I said in a moment of, I guess, some seriousness, you know, sweet girl, you're going to grow up. Now, it's not going to be all at once, and it'll go slow, but you're going to grow up. And I'm glad that you'll grow up, and it'll be good, but I don't want it to go too fast. I want us to enjoy all of our time together, but I'm just kind of warning you, I guess, that the time's going to come when, and how did I say it? I was trying to say, the time's going to come when you might actually want to play with somebody else. The time's going to come when you're going to have friends, and I want you to have friends. The time's going to come when you want to be with me because you love me, but you've got these friendships and relationships that are good and healthy that you formed, and you need to be with those folks, and you're going to be playing sports, and you're going to be going to school, and you're going to be doing all sorts of things. You're always going to love me, and I'm always going to love you, but I may not be among the very top tier of the friends that you just want to play with every time you get a chance. Always. I may not always be there. Things are going to change, even though we're always going to love each other. And she looked at me with those beautiful, sweet eyes, and I'm so sad that I caused her maybe even a little bit of pain, but she looked at me incredulously. Oh, Papa, that'll never happen. Because she couldn't imagine a time when if she had a chance to play with Papa, she wouldn't take it. Well, you know that I told her the truth, and there wasn't any point in belaboring the subject, but the time was going to come when, as I'd been told before, you know, your heart's going to get broken, because these sweet little friends of yours, they're your very best friends in the world, but they're eventually going to get some more friends, and they're always going to love you, and it's always going to be worth it, but there's going to be some difficulty there a little bit in your own soft heart. No matter the real sorrow and the real challenges and the real difficult times that they have to go through in their lives, even if everything was just right, they're going to grow up and get bigger and things are going to change. Things are going to change. And this sweet, wonderful time that you're enjoying now will always be sweet, wonderful time. Time spent with kids is never wasted time. Time spent building these relationships is never wasted time. It will always be there, and yet it will change. Well, we know that's true. I could make myself cry years before I needed to start having my heart broken in that regard. I could have made myself and did some right then just thinking about it. You know, what a wonderful time it's been. What wonderful relationships we have. But they really have been my very best friends. And it kind of is hard when you see that changing a little bit, even though you're so proud that they're growing up and doing so very well and that they love you so much and they know you love them so much. Oh, we're good. We are very, very good. But things do change. Well, on that note, let me give you just a little bit of an ad here, and then we'll go on and we'll talk about this just a little bit more. Another of the hats that I wear is as a singer and a musician, and I'm getting ready to go record another album. I have three that are already recorded. They're available on my website with, I think, some other really good stuff, 
www.curtisshelburn.com. That's www.curtis, no space, S-H-E-L-B-U-R-N-E.com. I'd love it if you go over there and take a look at some of the stuff that's there and available. We're getting ready to go to Nashville to record another one. We've already done a lot of the instrumental tracks, and they're pretty much ready to go. We've got a few more things to add, but we're getting very close to having a fourth album available. And so, yes, in just a few days, really, I'll be heading up to Nashville to record my vocals, to record the background vocals with some other singers, to just add some stuff to kind of sweeten the pot. And I hope that album is something that you might really enjoy. It's been a little bit of a trying time for all of us because of the COVID-19 mess. And for those that are trying to sell some music and that kind of thing and create some music, it's also been quite challenging. Boy, if you're one of those who make their living singing, it really has been challenging. Singing or playing or going from place to place and doing concerts and programs, that's hard. And a lot of that has pretty much stopped. I never did make my living doing that, but I added in a a little bit that helped me to support this sweet habit that I've got, and that's kind of dried up. So it's a little bit of a step of faith to do this right now, but I think it'll be okay. And I think those that have bought my previous albums will stay with me, and maybe some other folks will join in. I really think it's going to be an album that you like, and I'll tell you some more about it as we get a little bit closer. But we're on the way. And I'd appreciate your prayers. I'd appreciate your thinking about this and looking forward to the time when this comes out. I sure am excited about it. Well, let's focus on faith. It was an email subject line that just caught me by surprise. It simply said this, Your identity remains unchanged. Really? I guess that's good to know. I have wondered sometimes. How much does a person's identity change over the years? How much of who we really are is changed simply by the accumulation of years and experience? How much of our genuine identity is changed just by making the journey across life's mountaintops and through its valleys as we're lifted up by deep joys and disheartened by deep sorrows? How much is just rubbed down or polished smooth by the day-to-day relentless tumbling of the sand grains of the years? What's eroded and lost? What's brightened and beautified? What will be left and how will it have been changed? How much of what makes me, me, changes not much at all? How much would be almost unrecognizable to someone who knew the long-ago me? Well, I knew the long-ago me. I looked at a picture not too long ago. It was made a long time ago. I suspect we were getting ready to take my oldest brother and my sister-in-law to the airport to go do the mission work they were doing in Africa. It was a long trip. It's a long trip now, but I tell you, it was a longer trip then. Our immediate family was gathered there to say goodbye, and we took a picture. I think that's when that one was taken. And I look at little Jimmy and me. Jim is two years younger. My sister was 15 years older than me. And then we have a brother 17 and 19 years older, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to do the math here in my head. A lot older. And so there was quite a difference there. I'm looking at myself in that picture. I'm just a little guy, not very old at all. 
I'm playing with my ears. I don't know if I'm trying to increase the reception or what I'm trying to do. The funny thing is I remember that little shirt and I remember the burr haircuts we had. And I remember a lot of that time. I've forgotten a lot, but I remember a good bit of it. How much of that little guy is still within me? Well, I think probably all of him is. I think there are characteristics that he had back then that are still very much my characteristics. I think there are strengths and weaknesses that he had back then that are still my strengths and weaknesses. Now, we could talk about some of them, and I hope some of them have improved. I know some things have changed over the years, and I hope that a lot of it's been for the better. But I really am convinced that a whole lot of what was in that little guy is in me, too. And we're not just talking about DNA. I'm me. He's me. We're me. Still there. I'm about to get schizophrenic if I talk about this too much more. But it's all there. And God looks at me, and when he sees me, he sees all of me. He sees that little guy. He sees the guy that was even unborn. He sees me. He sees me when I'll be lying on my deathbed. Who knows when? God knows when. He sees me, what I'll be like into eternity. He sees and he loves me, and he loves me completely. I love those grandkids that way too, as much as is humanly possible. I love them, and I know things will change, and I know that our relationship will change, and yet that love that is the glue that holds it together will always be there. It's God's love. But when I look at them, I'm asking the same kinds of questions. I picked up a coffee mug a while ago. You look at the sweet photo of those amazing grandkids on that cup, and you want to believe, I want to believe, I do pray, that the sweetness of those spirits, the pure laughter, and so much more will still be there when the years have piled up and they're playing with their own grandkids and savoring sweet smiles and laughter and joy. And when they're praying the prayer I pray right now, that the kernel of that beauty and joy is something that grows and deepens over the years and never becomes lost or twisted or marred. We are not our bodies, even though we have them. Yet even the ways our physical bodies change but remain the same is mind-boggling. As others have eloquently noted, our bodies are like waterfalls. The cells that make them are always changing, but the DNA inside ensures that though we're changed by age and the cells we have are not the ones we started with, we have the same bodies. That's amazing. How much more mysterious is the soul, the part of each of us that makes us unique creations of God? As a Christian, I believe that God's Spirit lives inside us as we're submitted to Him, continually cleansing our spirits, renewing us, remaking us, refreshing us, recreating us into the persons He would have us be. And in mystery and in joy, as He molds us ever more deeply into His image, we become increasingly our truest selves. And isn't that amazing? By submitting ourselves to Him, we become more truly the selves that we were created to be more truly ourselves than we could ever be in any other way. And I can imagine our Father in heaven looking at us in delight and love, as I know he does, saying, oh, how much I love that one. Oh, how proud I am of what he or she is growing up to be. Ah, there's good stuff in that one. I know, I put it there. Can you imagine God's heart just lighting up when he looks at you, filled with delight, 
I hope you can imagine because I guarantee you it does. And you become more your truest self the more you're submitted to him. I have far more questions than answers here, but I think the answer, deeply mysterious and filled with joy, is that for me to become more fully the self God made me to be is to find my identity in the one whose identity never changes. And so I'm not worried about my grandkids. Their identities will be fine. They're God's kids, you see. Before they were my grandkids, they were his. He loves them far more than I love them, which is rather amazing to me. Only God could do that. And as they learn to more and more live into what he wants them to be through his power, they will become more and more the beautiful selves that he created them to be. Oh yeah, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. By the way, that email note was from a company supposed to keep me safe from identity theft. I now see that it said, your identity information is unchanged. If what I've just talked about is true, the worst identity thief is not a human one. And the creator and protector of my true identity is divine. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? I sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.